want you to listen. Then what? Share it. The Melbourne Youth and Social Workers Group and the Knowledge on Tick podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of this land, the Boonarong and Wurundjeri people, their elders past and present. We would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the land, her children and our families. We would like all of us to show respect for each other, Mother Nature and the creatures on the land and the sea. Hey everyone, the Melbourne Youth and Social Work Facebook group would like to welcome you to the Knowledge on Tick podcast. We are Josh and Nat and we will be your co-hosts for the potty. Knowledge on Tick is a podcast offering real-life conversations and insights every week with workers in the field covering a range of topics surrounding the youth and social work world. We are so grateful to have you here and happy listening. Well, welcome back to another episode of Knowledge on Tick. I am Josh. And I'm Nat. And this week we're joined by my cousin... <laughs> Uh, Jill. Um, Jill, can you give us a little bit of intro about yourself? Sure. So I am, well, most importantly, Josh's cousin. <laughs> uh, and I'm a mum to two teenage boys, which makes life pretty interesting. And I uh, work at the local charity St Kilda Mums and my and I'm, I'm partnerships manager there. So I work with all of our business partners um, and I manage our corporate volunteering program and responsible for sponsorships and events too. So it's a it's a pretty broad role, yeah. but it's a really great and rewarding role. Sounds like there's lots of versatility in it, which yes. is always nice in a role. Yes, absolutely. It, uh, no two days are ever the same, absolutely. And I'm always, you know, sometimes working on some really exciting things, but also I think the main, the main driver for me is getting businesses um, supporting a charity and supporting our organisation and getting them involved with everything from volunteering right through to financial support and events um, and and giving them a great um, access to what we do at St Kilda Mums and yeah it's it's a bit of a journey and it's really exciting to be able to take them on that journey. Yeah absolutely. Cool. Awesome. Cool. We start all of our podcasts off with five questions. Um, so the first one is what did your parents do for work? So my mother was a stay-at-home mother for quite a number of years and then she went back to work, which we were all quite horrified by, but it was, um, it was, it was fantastic for my, for my mum and she's a very smart woman. Um, and so she ended up being um, an executive secretary to a, um, a, a, a big corporation, a, a CEO of a big corporation. Um, and my father originally worked in the police force and then he went into uh, security for Maya, it actually was. He, he, was um, he managed that and he died when I was 16, so, yeah. Yeah, that was a fun fact that I learnt about, like, as you know, families and information things. But, yeah, it was, I think, if I'm correct, it was the Australian... Uh, sorry, the Federal Police. It was Federal Police. The Australian wow. Federal Police, yeah, yeah which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. I remember... Quick little side note, but when I was at uni, I remember that you know they bring like um, field experts in to talk to you about what you potentially might want to do yeah. as your career. And we had um, an AFP officer come in and talk to us about the federal police and how it differed from, I guess, state police and all that. And he said, Basically, guys, if you want to be spat at, join Vitpol. If you want to be respected, you join the AFP. And then he just like finished on that. And I was like, What a mic drop! There but true, okay. enough said. There yeah, you go. yeah, <laughs> yes. 
Second question, who is the most famous or well-known person in your phone book? Drum roll. I've got a, I've got a few goodies. <laughs> I think that probably right now it's Danny Minogue. Oh, a goodie, what? Isn't it? That is a goodie. Well, I'm working with Danny on something special for St Kilda Mums. First name basis as yeah, well. Yeah, Danny. Danny and I. Yeah. Uh, we're we're working on a little on a little project that's coming up for St Kilda Mums. She's a she's a long term supporter of St Kilda Mums, so yeah. she's um, always very quick to assist. So we've got a big fundraising day coming up in mid-June on the 17th and she's going to be hosting a Zoom chat with some other fun people oh. on it. How so, cool is that? Yes. Danny Minogue. That's cool. That goes straight to the top of the list. Yeah, you win. You, we're going <laughs> to stop asking now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no point. That's a good one. Yeah, so far, second to that would be Dustin Martin. Yeah, that's pretty um, good. Not a tight relationship between the guest and Dusty, but... The question is the question. Yeah. Um, but Danny Minogue, that's... Oh, out of the park. <laughs> good answer. How good's that? And the preferred... Can you Minogue. give us one more? Oh. If you're willing to share. I'll give you another one. Well, a fam I've got a couple of close family friends. Josh, sure. I think you've met Jamoan, haven't you? He's, yes. Jamoan's yes, yeah, a good, good uh, family friend of ours, and his wife is one of my best friends. Yeah. And Chica from Real Housewives is also one of my really close friends too, so... Yeah. I just want to hang out Thanks with you fun part yes. and then meet all these famous people. Yeah. How cool is that? Cool. That's go. right. Yeah, I forgot about Jim Owen. Yeah. The story you should have said my... that as your famous person. I don't know his number. Oh, yeah, true. No. Yeah, it's not famous people you know, it's whose number. The, right. The family story that always gets thrown around is that apparently I danced with his wife a lot at your wedding. You did. And to put that into context, I was about 10. <laughs> right. So not to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you did, yeah. indeed. That's a funny memory, yes, indeed. So there you go. Cute. Mm -hmm. uh, what job wouldn't you do? The only job that I've actually ever said out loud I would never do this job is a removalist. Oh, yeah? <laughs> because I've moved so many times internationally and um, and locally, like so many times, that I just, during those moves, have always said, mm. I don't know how you can anyone could ever do this for a living. It's so awful. Yeah. Other than that, never say never. Yeah. No, I, I can appreciate that. Yes. I think that's a really good one. Mm. It's actually reminded me if I could share, and I don't know if St Kilda Mum shared this or another, like, uh, profile that I follow on LinkedIn... But it is a, I think it's in Melbourne, a removalist company with all these big islander dudes and they specialise in supporting women uh, in uh, domestic violence relationships yes. to move their property. Is it Man With A Van or is no, it a different one? I think it's like a private Yes, business. I have heard of that as well. I'll find yeah. it yeah. and I'll see because we, we put links in the show notes with yeah. things we might have talked about. Um, it's a good one. And I saw it and I was like, how cool, but also how funny yeah. when maybe some ridiculous blokes getting really angry and three big Samoans get out of the yeah. car <laughs> yeah. and be like, look, this is what we're here to do. You wouldn't we're get very many arguments. So yeah, that's a good one. Really cool, but a really cool like sort of community, what I would assume is an organic sort mm. of thing to happen for them, that they mm. end up doing this role. Mm. Um, and it is yeah. hard yucca. Like I remember um, where I work, we used to co-locate and when that organisation moved out of the building... The, the removalists, like, I felt bad for them on the day that they were moving there, just, like, blood, sweat and tears oh, gosh, into yeah. that. And, and then they're just... Up and down stairs. And just and no, invest, no personal investment is That's probably true. why they can do it. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then the next day they're doing it again yeah. and again and again. It blows my mind. It'd yeah, be yeah. very repetitive yeah. work. And I think in roles like ours that are probably, you know, different every mm. day and that's mm. the, the versatility is a bit exciting to do the same thing every day would be very mundane for and us. so physical, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't do it. Mm. I'd, okay. I'd do removal on one day, then have such sore muscles <laughs> and then be like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> you can pack a truck though, seeing how they, it's like... They must be good at Jenga, yeah, surely, yeah. those fellas. For yeah. sure. Um, yeah. What's that old one on the um, Tetris? Oh, yeah. Tetris, that's what that. I meant. Not Jenga, Tetris. Yeah, Tetris. yeah. They would nail Tetris. Funny. Mm. Next one is what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? It's hands down, fake it till you make it. Yeah. I Absolutely. love how quick you did that. Oh no, I know it, and I've and I have at times lived by that in my life, and yeah. I don't think, and I feel like it's a it's a positive thing. Yeah. Um, and it's about, it's really about having the confidence in yourself and it's sometimes about confidence that other people see in you and you if you let your insecurities um um get the better of you you miss opportunities so i've um i say it to myself quite a lot probably less as i get older but when i was younger it was something that i really um i really had to say to myself a lot and Mm. i think that bit of self-belief can take you really far absolutely Mm. and sort of ties into the premise of back yourself as Mm. well yeah and it, I think I like that you've turned that because a lot of the time people could be like fake it to you mm. make it is like a bullshit facade. Mm. I think that the way that you've premised that is, is very positive. Mm. Yeah. And you're right. Having the confidence. Confidence is so key. Absolutely. And it's, you know, and I think as we, um, the workforce is also is changing a lot. I think it's going to be a, le- a lot less about qualifica- qualifications mm. so much. It, and even ATAR scores and things like that, it's going to become oh. less and less and less um, a prerequisite for, do, for doing the career that you want to do. Yeah. And it's going to be more about your attitude and your kind of emotional intelligence and and um, how you work with a team and what you can bring to an organisation rather than those, those numbers. Mm. So I think it's going to be really um, more important than ever. ATAR is an interesting one because I remember being doing my VCE and mm. being like, oh, I've got to get this as an mm. ATAR, you know, and, and being so stressed that this number would be held over my head for the rest of my life, you know, at, at the age of 17, I've got to sort of <laughs> fake it till I make it. Yeah. But then now, if you ask me what my ATAR was, yeah, I could no not cares. fucking tell you. I think it's changing. My son, my oldest son did VCE last year. Yeah. Um, and while it was, it's in, you know it's still important and, and hmm. it's definitely sort of top of mind. I well for at his school anyway, it was it was there was definitely that messaging that this is that if you stuff if you stuff the whole thing up, you're going to be all right. Yeah. There's going to be other avenues for you. Um, it's not the end of everything. Um, there's always a way in if you if you're set on doing a certain course, it might take you an extra year or something. But there's a way in, and it and it's not the be all and end all. So I was really encouraged by that messaging yeah. that he got. Mm. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's often not the messaging. No, and it hasn't been, and it's not like that at every school. I mean, he was lucky, but um, it's shifting. I do think yeah. it's shifting. Yeah, that's interesting because mm. yeah, he goes to a really good school, mm. and I think if someone was to ask me. What do you think they would say? I yeah. would say the opposite, yeah. mm. which is which I'm glad to be proven wrong. Because yeah. yeah. I would have thought they would have said, you know, this is it, this is everything. If you bugger it up, then it's more. You know, I so think that's more awesome. the messaging is, you just you want to be proud of yourself and you want to do the best you can absolutely do. Yeah. yeah. And if it all goes to shit, we're here to help you. You're going to be all right. Yeah. Um, so that was it. Was a good balance. That's great. Mm. Yeah, that is good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. really good to hear. Um. 
So the last question is, what was your aha moment? When did, when did the penny drop for you that this was the line of work that you were interested in, in being involved with? So prior to working at St Kilda Mums, I was volunteering there. I'd, I'd moved back from overseas and I was... Um, and I hadn't got a job yet and so I'd started volunteering there and that was really helpful for me in terms of just sort of finding my feet a little bit and, and um, keeping myself busy. Uh, so I was volunteering there regularly and I was also working in a job in the fashion industry and kind of at head office, so, so to speak. And that was a bit... Yeah, just weighing them up against each other. <laughs> you know, fashion, which is... It was so just meaningless. None of it meant anything. It was just about making money for a company and, and, and then I'd go and volunteer and everything that I did there was really meaningful and everything had, um, had a meaning and a purpose and and a sort of end result. And mm. that just became, that drive to be there became more and more overwhelming. Yeah. And so I made it clear to our CEO who that, you know, once there was an opportunity for a, a paid job that I was um, suitable for, that I'd love to, to, to start working there. And, and, and then eventually that, that role came up and, and um, yeah, and, and I've never looked back. How cool is that? So how long have you been at St Kilda Mark? I've been there for as an employee for about four, four or five years now, mm. and and um, and I've been involved with them for longer than that. So the organisation is ten years old, and I've probably been there for eight of those years as a volunteer or involved in some kind of way. Wow! So really watched it grow from literally on the front porch of our CEO right through to. Mm. Um, you know, a garage in Elwood and then our warehouses in St Kilda and now our big new warehouse in Clayton. So it's really been quite um, a big evolution for our organisation. Huge growth and it's been very exciting. And how cool to be a part of that journey as well. Mm. That, you know, this was... And I don't know too much about the history, so we'll probably go into that, but to to see something that is someone's vision and and you just said on the front of someone's porch to now being, you know, this pretty commonly known oh, company yeah. name yeah. that yeah that it's beautiful to be a part of that process oh, it as well it absolutely is and, and the great you know our, our CEO Jesse who was that person who you know sort of founded it in a with a group of other mums um, packing some items for at her local maternal child health centre and then ran it from her porch and then and then basically brought everyone along with her for the for the for the ride mm-hmm. um, which she has a fantastic knack of doing and, and it just has empowered and still does so many people to feel like they have, they have a bit of ownership of St Kilda Mums. Mm. Yeah. And so there's so many people who feel so loyal and, and love it as an organisation because they, they do feel <clears throat> that their contribution is always appreciated and that they've had a part in the growth and, and, um, and in overall in what we do. So that's pretty special. I think that's what makes it extra special. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think another really exciting thing is even the way that you speak about... I know her as Jess, but you speak about her as Jessie. Yeah. Even the way that you speak about her, you can tell that she... And, and I know personally just her reputation in the field is that she is always a very lovely and welcoming person mm. and is very appreciative of anything. And that's always the feedback that, 
we've always gotten about St Kilda Mums. I think there's something really special about a CEO being that hands-on still in something, you know, because it's gotten quite big. It was it oh, could have been yeah. very easy for her to step back and let the cogs turn, but it's something that she's obviously very passionate about. Oh, and I think that's evident in the workers and the volunteers. Well, she, and the, she's the one who, you know, I mean, she's one of our pram experts. Like, she can <laughs> fix any pram that comes in. And, and, and honestly, if you'd asked her how she'd like to spend her days, it would be tinkering down the back of the warehouse on a on a crappy pram that's come in and transforming it into something amazing and beautiful. What a legend. Yeah, and sometimes she still does that. Yeah. Um, you know, but yes, she has other sort of commitments as well, but she never loses sight of that. She's always ready to get her hands dirty. Um, and, and yeah, that's, that's pretty special. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. To backtrack. Yeah. Because I think it's pretty cool. So the St Kilda Mum started from a mother's group. Or it was like a group of friends, Jessie yeah. and her other friends, who had, um, they were, well, Jessie went into her local maternal child health centre one day and and she had some things to, that her her eldest daughter had grown out of and her nurse said, oh, that's great, just pop them in the, you know, photocopy room. And Jessie goes in there and it's, and I know you've got OCD, you would appreciate it. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> And it's a shit show in there and there's just, like, all this stuff chucked in and and while it was all well-meaning, no one, like, the nurses could never find what they needed um, to give out to people who might request it. So Jessie and her friends got to work in just, you know, sorting everything, washing it, um, packaging it up according to age, things like that with mm. the clothing and then and she'd clean up the prams and whatever. And, and really it just grew from, it grew from there. And then social workers in the area got wind that maybe there was some clothing on offer or could, I could get a pram because prior to St Kilda Mums in the area if you were a social worker and you were trying to help your client you'd know this yeah you know you were trying to buy it for yourself there's but there wasn't any government money there or you know it was really difficult and it's expensive it's yeah. really hard it isn't is. it yeah when you're trying to go to an op shop you don't know if it's safe That's, yes yeah. so that was that was how it was born and the biggest thing was um that Jessie and wanted to present everything as a beautiful gift, so packaging mm. it up and making it really beautifully presented was always incredibly important, mm. and that everything was safe. So um, following safety standards, making sure everything met standards. If it didn't, it wasn't passed on because what is the point? Mm. Um, and so making the recipients of everything feel really valued and um, and dignified and empowered, yeah. all of those sort of things come into it. So that's really carried through. It's a pretty simple model that's just got bigger, but mm. that's the basic model now for us is people donate their their good quality secondhand items, clothing, prams, car seats, high chairs, cots, um, toys, books, and we make sure everything is clean, safe, beautifully presented, and we give it all away for free through social workers and maternal child health nurses. It's just amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I went and it, visited. <clears throat> we had a coffee one day um, yeah. not long after you'd moved. Oh, I was probably a little while after you moved, mm. nonetheless. And, uh, yeah, had a little tour around. And it was like, it was kind of like Santa's workshop kind of idea. Like, there's just all these little people sort of, not little people, yeah. there's all these people. Normal-sized yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, regular folk. They don't have the, they don't have the children no working elves. there. They don't have the children working there. They just get the clothes for free. They don't have to do anything for it. Um there's all these people walking around and they've got their little jobs, you can tell. Mm. Volunteers, all, yeah, all volunteers. All volunteers, yeah. yeah. And they've got the, the bibs on mm. and then there's, you know, people packing this, packing that. Then um, there's a, the gentleman about the cots I want to ask yeah. you about in a minute. But mm. um, it's kind of 
when you do it, you kind of go into the right and things are um, not messy, but they're all spread out and they've got their places to be. And as you kind of end up going around, you start to see everything become formulated into mm. ages and sexes and um, cots and brands and things. And like you're saying, I think you use those plastic doona cover bags, yeah. right? The big square yeah. ones. Yeah. And then everything's in there. And then at the very front, um, there's a little toy or a little mm. cuddle cloth or something mm. with and beautifully presented mm. and totally dignified that mm. you're not because I would imagine historically that people accessing services like this would get given a garbage bag with a bunch of clothes in it yes. that may or, not, may or may not be washed may or may not be the right size Correct. may or may not have holes in them and all mm. these sort of things yeah. but you do you get this really beautifully presented little um, sort of uh, like case of clothes mm. in, this, in this bag um, it was quite cool because you could see... It's like the transformation of yeah. the stock. Mm. Yeah. And all these volunteers who are working, you know, and I'll, 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 a lot of them are very... Um, they have a certain area that they love to work in and they're very proud to work in that area. And we have everyone from, you know, um, teenagers who come in and, and volunteer right up to quite elderly people and, and all of them have a have a special place there and... and you know, a part of our... We couldn't do it without our volunteers yeah. in a nutshell. And who Josh is talking about is um, is a man called Rob, who we call affectionately the cotologist. <laughs> and he's a volunteer. He's volunteered for quite a number of years. He... Um, and he was retired as a builder slash property developer and was a bit lost and was literally wandering past our warehouse in St Kilda one day when Jessie somehow roped him in, as she does. And... Um, and got him, got him tinkering on cots. And now he comes... Well, he hasn't been able to come lately, but we'll be back hopefully next week. Virtually every day is an expert in cots and takes, takes donated cots that have... They might have teeth marks in them or they've got stickers all over them or they need a repaint or whatever and just absolutely lovingly restores them until they look like new. Um, and he's... A, he's yeah... He's, he's special to us. All our mm. corporate teams love working with him. He's we, I've, I've, My ambition is to make him Insta-famous, so every yes. celebrity that comes into our warehouse, I have a photo with him and the celeb. That's great. How good is that? <laughs> and they all love a photo with Rob. So, yeah, he's just one of our our special volunteers who, mm. who loves to be part of what we do and we love you know, having him there. It's funny because Josh and I had a brief conversation last week. We, we were talking about um, St Kilda Mums and obviously having you on today. But I wish that St Kilda Mums was around like 20 years ago. Because yeah. my, so my nan, she um, for years literally just knitted clothes for the Premi babies <sighs> yes. and donated them to Dandy Hospital. So she was sort of just like this lifetime legend at Dandy Hospital. And she would, you know, take in the clothes and like meet the mums and the babies and whatever. And that gave her such a yeah. zest for life. Like you'd always rock up to Nan's, she was always knitting another cardigan or some booties and she just loved it and it was like her trip to Dandenong Hospital, you know, maybe once a week or whenever, it just gave her, you know, she was retired at the time and it gave her something really exciting to do with her time and I could just imagine her frothing the St Kilda <laughs> mums oh, like yes. just that being absolutely in her element. Mm. Oh, it's people, have, our volunteers have found a real sense of community often there um, my mum, Josh's yeah. auntie, auntie, is one Jude. of them. She, Shout out. Um, yeah, she's she now volunteers with us, and she loves it. So we found that 
during lockdown, we couldn't have any volunteers come, mm. which has been a bit heartbreaking and, and difficult for all of us. But um, our volunteers found really creative ways to be involved from home and a lot of it was doing that kind of crafty stuff so they were knitting and we were were saying who can make a play mat and giving some kind of you know pattern Mm. who can um, help us with sewing sleep suits Um, can you crochet some squares for blankets and my mum has been packing um, bundles from home so you know she gets a whole lot of stock and has kept herself busy that way so there's been lots of really lovely ways to keep our community of volunteers really connected that's awesome yeah yeah and I think because there's something about you know especially with the elder community that you know they're often retired and they're volunteering to do something with Mm. their time and to feel like they want to give back it's very common Mm. in a situation like and I know Josh that you hate talking about the pandemic but in a current in a situation like our current climate for often people that are removed from community and don't have you know might not have family members visiting them all the time or are within that age that it's dangerous to be visiting them it's actually really beautiful that they can still have a connection to people and, yes. connect, and a you know a sense of community and, and in a time that is very disconnected and lonely. Oh, absolutely! Our, our volunteer coordinator Dina, who we all adore, has been exceptional in creating that um, on in on Facebook. We have a closed group for our volunteers, and um, and we've you know they've stayed connected in all sorts of ways, and she's she's made that a real priority because she knows that not being able to come in regularly and see people has been difficult for some of our volunteers. So that's been a focus. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. When, um, for people listening, and I think just in general, can you explain the process of getting a something like a pram, for example, mm. donated to St Kilda Mums? What what process would that go through? Or like items of clothing and toys, but I yeah, think sure. your pram is a good example. And then how does it... How does it then end up at the at the other end, yeah, getting donated to a family? So, for example, with a pram, we have certain um, we have certain safety requirements before you donate a pram. So basically, it's you know basically we just don't want it to be too old, or and we want the brakes to work is the main thing. So we have a bit of a <laughs> ideal, yeah. Hopefully, we have a little checklist on our website for if you want to donate something, you go there and just check to make sure that it's going to roughly fit into the parameters. So. so um, you know, if your pram is not older than 10 years, we'd be happy to, to take it. Um, so you drop it off to us and then basically it gets thoroughly cleaned. So often it's our volunteers who are doing that or our corporate teams. So we host corporate teams pretty much every safety check on the pram to make sure that it meets Australian standards. It might need some spare parts. It might need some kind of an extra cover or or whatever and we have lots of spare parts there so we basically want it to look as beautiful as possible have all of the bells and whistles um and then it's ready to be given out to a family that needs it and the way that we do that is via a request from a social worker or a maternal and child health nurse so Mm. you know as as you would know you'd be working with a family and they might be expecting a baby or they have a small child and they need some material aid assistance from us and you guys are a registered agency with us so you can request that from us and there's no judgment from our end because we've vetted you guys we know that the request is real and 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 valid so we will do we will make that that request for you sometimes there might be a little bit of a wait list depending on um how stock is how much stock we have but if it's urgent Mm. we will always meet that need Mm. and basically our um, social service team work with all of our social service agencies to to map out when your order will be ready and then the social worker would come and pick it up and deliver it to the family so 
we don't have any direct contact with the families that we help, but we find that the 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 way that we do it works exceptionally well. We don't have to um, vet families; that's all done mm. by experienced professionals like you guys. Mm. And it also, and you can probably speak to this. It really it helps you forge relationships with the families that you're working with when you can access that equipment, bring it into their home, assess their needs and Absolutely. be Santa and deliver it. <laughs> yeah. And I think as you were talking, I thought of the perfect example, which mm. I we were talking earlier, but yeah. I, I genuinely had forgotten about this until you were speaking. And then I was like, oh, I remember that. What a little legend. And it wasn't even about... You're I'll tell a story. Being a legend. No, no, no. <laughs> a, a lady whose name I forget. I wish I... I'm going to go back into my work emails and find it and... I don't know, give her a shout out in the notes or something. But what had happened was, and I, as I said before, I don't have my own kids, so all of that stuff, you know, I have a nephew, but the, the intricate details to baby things and all that is a bit above my head. Um, but I had a young person who had didn't need anything from um, St Kilda Mums, but had had a, a cot that she'd used for a, her previous child and was having a new child. And um, Child Protection had actually gone out to the house to assess that she had all of the appropriate things and had said that they deemed the cot inappropriate. Mm. Um, And so I'd been there and I'd seen it and I was like, oh, I I don't know what's wrong with it. It Mm. looked like a very fully functioning cot. I have no idea, blah, blah, blah. And so I didn't know what to do. I was like, I'm a bit lost in this situation. So I I just reached out to St Kilda Mums. I gave you guys a call and I said hey, like, I don't know, this is a really funny request, but this is the situation, I don't know what to do. Mm. Um, And the lady was like, well, actually, they're not qualified to assess Australian standards. Mm. And she sent me this long email with what to say to the child protection worker, how to support the young person in, in having those discussions, and then actually said, if you have any continued issues, here's my contact details, send them my way, and I'm happy to have a chat. And for someone who, you know, that's a little bit of a green area for me I don't yeah. know too much about it it was actually so nice to, to have someone who didn't know me from a bar of soap just happen to pick up my phone call just have my back and be like no we'll figure this out you yeah. know and, and had said well who are they to say that because there was some timeline as well around if you didn't have it by like the end of the week they would we're going to start investigation and removal mm, stuff and this poor girl was like I'm about to have a baby and now they're saying you know this stuff isn't safe and she was just frantic and then I was like, well, I'm not much help because I don't know much about that. <laughs> but the woman that I spoke to was just a dead set legend yeah. and was like, if you have any issues, get straight back in contact with me. And I, I just thought, I was thinking of that as you were talking yeah. about your volunteers and your employees. And I thought, yeah, how lovely is that? Because it would have been so easy for her to say, well, I don't know, you've sort of reached the wrong area, contact oh, no, child protection. It's it's so nice to hear that. And I think it really it really underlines our, our core priority and our focus is Mm. always on the people that we're there to help that's why we're there that's why we're doing what we do we never get distracted from that so every every clothing pack that we're packing every toy bundle that we're making we're like what's the reaction going to be when they receive it are they going to feel like this this is a beautiful gift um is it going to make them feel that everything in there is safe are they going to be proud to go to mother's group with this pram mm. um, because you know you've got to think about it just because someone is having a difficult time financially doesn't mean they don't deserve to have a beautiful nappy bag mm-hmm. and a beautiful pram and to have their kids dressed in clean untorn clothing yeah. they have every right to feel dignified and and, um, and to want the best for, the, for their family and so we really are always thinking of that and honouring mm. that 
as mm. well. And also mothers group, like obviously I've never been to a mothers group, but you, you can know, imagine how they go. I oh, can yeah. imagine, <laughs> you know, going to a new gym like we've spoken about before yeah, can yeah. be, you know, scary enough in itself. I could imagine going into a mothers group, you would like I even I would feel a little bit about a little bit of anxiety around I'm about to be judged absolutely for the mother that I am absolutely and imagine if you weren't you know financially in a good position and you did have tattered clothes or yeah. just that that um maybe even subconscious bias from other mums yeah. there you would feel so horrible going to a place where you're supposed to feel supported yeah. and connected yeah. mm. So to be able to offer people something that's not just, here's some shitty hand-me-downs. That's exactly right. Yeah. Like, and a reminder that that and that anyone at any time could be needing to request help from St Kilda Mums. Yes. You know, it's it's not a cliche, um, a cliche perception that sometimes we have of people who are seeking help or welfare or assistance. Mm. It can be a family whose house has just burned down. Mm. It could be mm. um, a... You know, upper class family who, a woman who's had to flee family violence. Yeah. Um, it can be any families that we know who are being impacted by COVID 19. Yeah, due to, due to, you know, losing their jobs. Mm. Yeah. So um, there's some families that we help have all been in those situations mm. and they need a little bit of help for a little bit of time and mm-hmm. then they're back on their feet. You know, there's families that we've helped who've been hit by medical scenarios that would mm. blow your mind who were one day both, you know, working really a couple both in great jobs working really hard and then their lives are fallen in through no fault of their own and they find themselves needing a great deal of support Mm. so you've got to just remove that judgment yeah um and you've got to remove it for asylum seekers and refugees as well because Mm -hmm. everyone's just trying to to um provide their baby with a safe start absolutely to life and it's not like they're doing that because they've got the free choice to do so. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Does the well, selfish part of you kind of wish you could see their faces sometimes? Yeah, yeah. sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. We, we get some... We have great relationships with a lot of the social workers that we yeah. work with and we get some beautiful feedback. And we also... Um, we include a little feedback card with all of our toy... Uh, sorry, all of our clothing and linen bundles. And we it's like a postage reply paid thing that that we encourage the recipients just to write a few words and, and send it back to us. So we love to get those and it's just some sometimes just a simple little sentence. Mm. Thank you for the clothing. It meant that I didn't I could pay for groceries. Yeah. Yeah. Simple little things like that, which is amazing. Um, yeah, and social workers love to give us feedback on what it's meant to people. It, it's, it can be life-changing. Absolutely. I, I, I can't even minimise it sometimes. Just to know... A family who is who is desperate or feels isolated, and then they they know that there's a community there to support them, can make all the difference in their yeah. outlook. They know, and we, with our clothing and linen bundles, our volunteers write their name on it. It's like a gift from, and whoever packed it writes their name on it. And that personal touch, we know, is really has a deep impact. Absolutely. Because this one person spent all this time creating this beautiful bundle mm. for me and my children, and it, um, yeah, it can make a real, a real difference. And I think the hand touch to things like that, like writing their name with anything, is so nice. Like I even got a, de- I got a delivery today. I brought a label maker. 
<laughs> it's a silly example. But in, in the package, it had like a little packet of lollies yeah. and it had a card that said, thank you for ordering and supporting a family-owned business. Yes. We appreciate you. And then they signed it with their name as well. And I was sitting there, I was like, how cute is this? Look at my label maker. And look, they even wrote a handwriting note. And it's even that's just something as silly as a label yeah, maker. Like but for me, to oh, be like, I agree. I'll buy stuff from there again purely yeah. because yes. I get a handwritten I've note. I've done quite a few and bit how, of purchasing in isolation, yeah. I must say. And one of the best was buying something from a family, from a, a, um, a business, a small business, and the owner wrote me a note and yes. said, you don't understand how important this sale has been. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, something like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. And then even for someone who probably feels a little bit of guilt and shame about receiving something secondhand or, you know, and not that the stuff from St Kilda Mums has a secondhand yeah, but in the slightest, mm. but to feel sometimes, you know, there's a bit of sh shame and guilt to put your hand out and say, mm. I need help. Mm. To have something like that that has such a personal touch yeah. would be so consoling, I think, to somebody that would be feeling a little bit, um, I guess, maybe ostracised in a yeah. situation or, a, yeah, I just, yeah, it's beautiful. I've been lucky enough to, um, to, to do a bit, to sort of come a bit closer to some of the recipients when I've been um, doing some, like, working on videos for some of our events and whatever, I've been able to access, have a bit closer access to some of the people that we've worked with and it's, it's, I feel it's always a real privilege. They've all had very different stories, the, the three women that I've worked really closely with. Um, and there's always been just something that you didn't anticipate would be so special to them that that kind of floors you. And one of, and the, one of the girls that I worked with, she was a, um, a refugee from Sudan. She had a very traumatic past and she had a small... Uh, a small baby who she was and she was living on her own in, in sort of council housing and she'd received quite a bit of stuff from us and you know prams and high chairs and big things the one thing that was most special to her was a toiletries pack for her yeah uh, which was unexpected it was it wasn't requested but we always try and do that for the mums because sometimes we know that they often go without to be able to provide for their children mm. and it had a um it had a perfume in it. It makes me it always gets me emotional this story. That that was the most special thing for her. She'd never had this perfume before and it was like a luxury item for her. And she would put she used it really sparingly and and would treasure it and whenever she smelt it on her it was like, you know, someone cared about me, someone thought to give this just for me. Yeah. And it was yeah. Beautiful. How beautiful is that? Mm. And it's often the things, like we've spoken about before, even when you give people pieces of advice, that for us, we it might be a throwaway comment or just something that we've not really given a second thought to, but to them mm. is something that they've stuck onto and, and they've been really appreciative of. And it's it's those things that really, they do pull the heartstrings yeah. because it's not what you expect for, the, for whoever to be, um, I guess, appreciative of. Mm. When it's a bit of a shock, I find it always pulls the heartstrings yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. And I think it's really hard with what you were saying because even the work that um, you know I do working in the youth space, often you know the drug and alcohol journey is a long one, mm. majority of the time, and often we don't get to see the fruits of the mm. labour, you know. And that's not the work that we do. I mean, the young people doing the work and we support them in that. 
but you know, you hear the stories. Oh, I saw so and so the other day down the street. They're doing really well, and you're like, oh, that's so good to hear. You yeah. know, I, I haven't heard much about them, you know, in a couple of years, and it's so good to hear that they're alive and they're doing well, and you know, because it does. You don't get to see it. They're, it's they're like building blocks, and, isn't it? We all have a like a little a block that we can add. Yes. Uh, in the way that we contribute, and um, and you're building it up to so hopefully, you know, this evolution and they come out the other side absolutely hopefully happier and healthier yeah yeah but i think it's exciting that you have had to have a little interaction with some of the recipients of stuff from yeah. months because it does there's something refreshing or rejuvenating i think because oh, it's it's thankless yeah. work that's the reality and what what you guys are doing over at st kilda mums is huge and if we didn't have you We'd be in a fucking bind. Like, I don't have any other way to word that. It's, you know, baby shit's expensive. Yeah, it is. You know, and being yeah. able to source it. I don't know if anyone's been to baby bunting that, mm. you know, besides having your own kids, but go to baby bunting and, and look yeah. at a pram. Well, it's like, it, I always tell people it's like looking for a sec, uh, to, to buy a car. Mm. Yeah. Like, you don't think so. And that's kind of what I was going to say earlier about, I don't mean to backtrack with the mother's yeah. group stuff. Mm. And like, yeah, I, I, if someone was to say like, about a pram or a nappy bag, like it's just a pram, it's just a nappy bag. And I think to myself, no, when I was purchasing those yeah, items, it's not. I was really thinking about what it, how it functioned, and yeah. the safety aspects, but what it looked like as well. And I yeah. wanted to, I wanted it to be cool. I wanted to be like a cool dad and have a cool and no, and be so a cool mom, and the kids be comfortable in it. And the flow-on effect of that, and I am super backtracking, but I think it's important to highlight the the importance of like a mother's group. Yeah. And the support, like, you'll ask most mums and they'll say that they probably keep in touch with one yeah. or many of their mother's group friends. Yeah. And if a young woman or any woman, really, that misses the opportunity to have that support group around her because maybe she's too nervous to it's go so or self-conscious, yeah. like, that is a massive... It's a flow-on effect. Yeah. You, you want to be able to... And we talk about this often when we give a pram, we call it a freedom machine, right? Because we want... We, we mm. understand that if you are anxious about safely transporting your child or you're embarrassed about your crappy pram or whatever um or your pram is not fit for purpose it doesn't fit all your kids or you can't get it on and off public transport you are going to be isolated mm. at home yeah um and you're not going to go out into your community and it's making those community connections which is so vitally important to be able to uh to just give offer your children a chance to meet other people offer you a chance to integrate all of those things are so vitally important. It can often just stem from that little bit of assistance with some material aid. Mm. Absolutely. Because mm. where I was going to go from that when you said that if we didn't have St Kilda Mums, would be... I can't but, yeah. I didn't <laughs> but say it's that. true. Up shit creek, yeah. Because <laughs> with as no paddle. <laughs> someone that like, works for... Like, if you're seeking um, funding, mm. say, for example, oh. I don't know, child protection or, or a statutory organisation, whatever, you know, you need to apply for funding. It's really sad, but you need to be strategic about what you ask for and how much. Yeah. And if you know that you can potentially get a bunch of free items from St Kilda Mums, then you can take that out of your budget for other items that you may need for a house or for a family or whatever. Mm. So it actually is super important or super helpful that that service is there for social workers as well. Yes. Because, yeah, we're always working with budgets and there's funding and if it came down to the crunch, like, it could be a scenario, and I hate to say it, where we, as a social worker, you might say, I'm not a social worker, just to be clear, but, yeah, like someone in the community services, oh, we can't, we can't afford the pram, but we could buy you X, Y, and Z. And that's really crap. Like, mm, that yeah. sucks. And yeah. you don't actually, in, in that moment, I don't think, until you have a conversation like this, actually process what that means. Mm. But the fact that, instead, we can 
you know, mm. seek a service like St Kilda Mums to fill that gap and use our budget a little bit more. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And it's pretty amazing that 90, it's about 96%, I think, of everything that we give out is secondhand. So it's been donated, which is amazing yeah. from a sustainability, environmental perspective. Yeah, that's absolutely. True. We're saving a lot of stuff from going into landfill. We're giving it a second life, which is a sort of strong core value of ours as well. Mm. Um, um, sometimes we can't, we don't have enough stock to be able to meet the need and that's where we are trying to fundraise to be able to meet that mm. shortfall. It's particularly true for us right now because uh, we've had to close for donations for the past 10 weeks now because it's been unsafe to be open. So we've had to really rely on, um, we've got great relationships with our suppliers and, and for those core things that we deem absolutely in, integral, so cot, pram, car seat for safety, mm. We've had to find the funding to be able to, to purchase those items from our um, at you know cost price from our suppliers. So this is where fundraising comes into it as well. So it's it's important um, you know to to note that we still have a warehouse we've got to pay rent for. Mm. We still yes. have staff that we need to you know we can't just run on volunteers and no one's overseeing no one's the whole show. And yeah. you know we need trained professionals to be working with you guys and and mm. dealing with our social service and and that kind of thing. So. So the funding side of it, we don't get any government funding. No. As a regular, that. Yeah. So how are you funded? So we don't, well, I should say no um, regular government funding. We have had the odd bit of funding from them, but it's not anything that we can count on year on year. Mm. So we're funded by support from the community in a nutshell, and that's our, our don't, generous donors who donate to appeals and things like that. It's our business community who... who um, give us financial donations who who send their corporate teams and, and pay for it who sponsor our events and and mm. things like that and then it's uh, applying for a lot of grants mm. which is also part of my job at the moment as we've got a little hole in our team until we feel that but um it's yeah it's ha it's having support from philanthropy and trusts and foundations it's never ending non-stop quest for funding yeah um but you can see you know what the end result is and how important it is mm. yeah and it's interesting because it's not something that before having this conversation mm. i would have thought that you guys were just government funded no. in some way shape or form no and probably naively because that's the way in the, in the community agencies that i've worked in that's the way they've been mm. funded yeah. you have kpis and stats you meet every financial year and as, as long as you meet them the funding keeps coming mm. Um, and it probably wasn't something that I really thought about until we did the podcast with Kim. And Kim had said about their funding. Kim from Gatehouse. Okay, yes. Gatehouse. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, Friends of ours. Yeah. yeah. So mm. they were speaking around how they get their mm. funding and how they fund their projects. And which was why I was going to ask a question to you about how mm. you guys are funded. Because it's so important for, even for me, as mm. someone a part of the field, would naively think that maybe you guys don't need the support of appeals or, yeah. or you know it's funny I, I don't know why people I don't know why people think that we're government funded I, I just yeah. I just guess people think probably a lot of prominent charities are but yeah. we, and it's not for, from us not trying to seek that mm. it's just that there is a there is a finite pool of money that the government can offer and you know it can't go around to everybody so mm. it's yeah. always something that we're trying to to um, to seek and grow mm. but it's that it's that year-on-year -year funding that's really important for us, and mm. and so we're always trying to engage with with philanthropy in a way that we, they can they can give us some security around what's coming next year as well. Because 
you know, it's hard to grow grow your organisation and and the service that you provide and, and reach out. What you know, what we want to do is to be able to make sure that we can reach every single baby and child in Victoria that needs our help, and we're getting there. But you know, you need funding to be able to do that. Um, so yeah, it's just growing those different avenues of of support and mm. and you know, events is really important for us as well. And this is where it comes in when I was talking about Danny before, and you know, and getting that that support from high profile people yes mm. is is really crucial and it, and it, you can't you can't underestimate a word from Beth Judd here um, a little right. post from Megan Gale there and Absolutely. you know it brings a whole new audience to us and people want to support us in that way because of them so it's it's absolutely important to also um, really you know draw on those relationships and they're all authentic relationships that we have with those people they're yeah. all they've all donated things to us they're involved in some way shape or form and we don't have any paid ambassadors um it's all just from building relationships through them having experience with us which is um which is lovely yeah that is cool does someone out there have beck judd's pram yeah, they would. They would, <gasps> hey. That's pretty cool. And her cots. And she her donated cots. her cots from her twins. There she donated go. a lot of stuff to us. I would want to know if I had that. <laughs> That's crap. the best part, though. You never know. You don't know. That's cool, You don't, isn't it? but you I don't would want to know. know. Yeah. And okay. some people donate, like, it's, it's amazing. All pr- any pram that's donated to us that's safe is fully appreciated. Absolutely. And we make them look beautiful. But, yeah, some people, a lot of people choose to donate their $2,000 pram and not sell it. Mm. Yeah. Which is amazing. And they clean all of the dirt from the Carlton Football Club off the field <laughs> before they donate it to someone else. Yeah, One of the biggest, idiot. I would say, is, it, is, is the St Kilda, I'm going to butcher this, yeah. the St Kilda Mum's Mother's Day lunch, mm. the biggest fundraising cal- event on your For calendar? On our calendar, yes. Yeah. And sadly it got postponed this year. It was due to happen on 1st of May. And then we were all in lockdown at that point, which was absolutely devastating for us. Mm. We'd sold out the event, as we do every year, in about 24 hours. So 550 people coming along. Um, So we've postponed it until October, and we're fingers crossed it will go ahead then. Each week I change my mind about whether it will or won't happen, but we're, you know, we're remaining resolutely positive that it will happen. But, yeah, that was a big financial hit for us. That's our biggest fundraising event, as we said, and, and and the income from that we'd been counting on. Yeah. And then that disappeared overnight. And then our, another major revenue stream for us is our workplace volunteering program, where corporates come and spend a spend a great, amazing, rewarding day with us. And it, and that and they pay to do that because it's um, you know they they receive a lot of great a great team building day in return. Mm. And all of that revenue dried up. And so you know this is this is the impact that that COVID nineteen has on on charities. We couldn't receive any donations. We couldn't welcome our volunteers. Um, we, we all sort of had to... All of our admin team are working from home and just the skeleton staff working at the warehouse. So it's been a bit of a tricky time, but we've mm. managed... You know, our absolute aim was to be able to stay open and keep helping families, and we've been able to do that, thank goodness. Mm. And then next week we reopen for volunteers and donations on a, you know, limited basis. Yeah. With um, lots of sort of rules and regulations in place but that's yeah, the main thing is where we can start welcoming people back which is really important yeah but yeah it's been a bit of a crazy time i saw on uh one of your social media posts because if you don't follow st kilda mums follow Do them because you often will post things that you need and it's not what yeah. you think because you automatically think baby clothes 
um, you know, smaller items. But recently, I think there was like size five and six. That yeah, you big were clothes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a really cool suggestion was that if you don't have anything to donate or you, you can't or you don't want to, but purchasing items from wherever, mm-hmm. Target, Kmart, you know, what have you, and then when you send it, get it sent directly to your mm. office. Yeah. And I was like, that's genius. Mm. Like, and so, so many simple, people did. It but was it like, just, just makes so much oh sense. Oh, my goodness, yeah. it was a lifesaver. That's great. Yeah, we actually always have a lot of baby clothes because people tend to buy too many baby clothes and they yeah. don't wear through them. So they don't get worn out. Well, not, you know, a lot of them don't get worn out. So we yeah. have a lot of stock. But it's once your kids get to sort of five and up, they, they wear through their clothes more. So it's there's less good quality clothing that gets donated. Mm. And um, and so we, we were absolutely had none and the requests keep coming in. So we put out this call on social media and, yes, that we, we just got inundated. It was absolutely wonderful. People were so generous. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. And it's such a wonderful thing to even know about because I think if – I even think of my sister in this situation mm. who – you know, my nephew's five, and there would be things that they no longer utilise, but she would have no idea, and that's now my responsibility, yeah. like, boy, Rach, start going through Hutto's stuff, we're going to yeah. donate it. But it, she wouldn't have any idea about that if I was not to tell her. So that's why something like social media is yeah. so exciting that you can reach such a broader audience Absolutely. and be specific about the things that you need. Because as you said, Josh, like, I would think prams, like, your, your big ticket items would you would think is what you guys always need mm. and we know, do but, but there's also sometimes specific things like yeah. it might be a microwave steriliser or it mm. might be um, some craft stuff for you know craft packs mm. sometimes we just happen to run low on certain things and we can we can just get that message out there really quickly and that's mm. the main way that we talk to our supporters is through social media we have a really great engaged um, audience on Instagram and on Facebook who are really interactive um you know, and sometimes it's funny. You, we did a post recently about asking people to knit or crochet squares for blankets um, to do it. it. It was right at the start of isolation when everyone was a bit all over the oh, place perfect. and lost and wanted it. And, it. and it ended up getting shared and it reached over 100,000 people that post. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just those little things of engaging with the community, asking them for things. Um, telling them about what we're doing. We do it constantly. We post pretty much every day. Mm. So people get a real behind-the-scenes look at what our organisation's all about and they can feel really connected to it even if they've never been. Yeah. Mm. Because often, if you think... Like, I even think about charities that I would support, you know, and I think of... Like, something I do every year, without a doubt, is to get the... um, Beanies for Brain Cancer from Carrie Bigmore. Every year, I'll I'll buy one. Um, but for me, I don't really... Like, I see her on the project mm. and I see the stuff that she posts, but behind-the-scenes stuff, mm. unless I go looking for it, it's not necessarily... And, and that time of year, obviously, it's not something that's in your face or that you see. So being able to have an insight into, like, the intricate details of how something mm. will run or how it would unfold, it does give you a connection of, this isn't just about me donating things. This, I feel like I'm a part of something here and it doesn't just stop at me donating stuff and that's it. You feel like you can be a part of a journey as yeah, well. Yeah, it's been a real aim for us, I think. We've, you know, as charities get bigger, it tends to be social media gets much more, um, the messaging gets very streamlined and you, you, you put this corporate facade up. And we kind of chose not to do that. Yeah, which we, I don't think you guys do at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which you is know, awesome. it's still professional. But, Absolutely. But we're also, we... It's a bit slapdash and it's a bit haphazard and it's, you know, and there's you, you're not having a beautiful grid 
to look at when you look at our feed. It's, you know, lots of different elements so that you can mm. understand all the different parts of the process and feel like you understand the workings yeah. of it. Because at the core of it, it's still authentic. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And, and we don't want to shut people off from that. We want them to see the volunteer. We want them to see the transformation of the pram. We want them to see this is what we really need right now. Um, we absolutely need help with this. It's crucial. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you mentioned before events, mm. and we, you, Josh, mentioned the Mother's Day run. But what other events throughout the year can people get behind? Or like personally, I want to come to a lunch. So have to see how yeah. we go with it. Well, usually each year we have. For the past two years, we've also done a cocktail party at the Village Bell Hotel in yes. St Kilda. I was listening about this fab. in the other pod. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen this year. I'm fingers crossed, but you know, the um, hospitality industry is in a bit of dire circumstances. So we'll have to see. But hoping that that will go ahead this year. Um, that's always a really fun night. There are two main ones that we mm. do, but we've we've had to think about ways. If they don't go ahead, we're going to have to look at different ways to do things. And so, is it going to be having a smaller event at our warehouse and we live stream something or you know we've had to sort of get a little bit more creative but we'll sort of see the way that the the year pans out but definitely um for giving day on 17th of june will all be it's sort of a telephone type experience and danny minogue i said is going to be involved she's going to be doing a little bit of a zoom chat with some some of our friends including megan gale chrissy swan um and some other you know fun people too so that kind of that kind of support is lots of fun but that, that's a big fundraising day for us so I'd really encourage people to sort of stay tuned and if you can give on that day we'd love you to your donation gets quadrupled by some of our generous matches so if you donate wow one dollar it becomes four dollars wow yeah that's cool wow. yeah okay big day June 17th. June 17th. Another Zoom meeting, guys. <laughs> well, it'll look a little bit more um, interesting I'm sure than it your will. regular Zoom I'm meeting. sure it will. And hopefully not too much of... You're on mute. Yeah. You're... No, da- things Danny. Things Danny. Danny, you're on mute. Can you... We've all had a shared experience on that, haven't we? My goodness. It's so funny. Oh, so it's been hilarious. Well, I even had one yesterday where someone joined the meeting and none of us knew who it was. And was we it like, Hamish? I was um, going to say, was it so Hamish? Are you um, in the right meeting? And, and it turned out they were in the right meeting, but it was just funny because of all of the Zoom like stuff that's been going on yeah. in the current climate that we had sort of been taking the piss out of it a little bit yeah. because we'd not, you know, out of sight, out of mind, the issue. If it's not something you've experienced, it's not necessarily something's in the forefront of your mind. And so as people move to different platforms and Zoom sort of is coming to an end and it, it happened. And so I think we were all just like hysterically laughing because we were like, oh, it's happened. We were thinking this actually didn't happen. Oh, my goodness. But I wish funny. it was Hamish. It wasn't Hamish. Yeah. That has been one of my favourite things to watch. Oh. So good. Gosh, so how good. funny! I love so Hamish, yeah. legend, and his kids, and his, and his kids. wife. Oh, his wife also a great supporter. Of She's a legend. Ah, yes, there you go. She's a legend. I loved. They put out a video of their little girl being like, "Stay home, you have to do it," <laughs> and she was just so sweet, sweet and matter of fact. My favorite photo of their, well, actually one of my favorite photos from this whole period was their daughter lying on the floor. Stare, like yeah. in the middle of the day, did you see that one? Yeah. Just like the video, and she's just staring, like lying there, and just staring at the ceiling, like because she'd given up, like she'd lost the will to live. And yeah. Just all of us in that moment. Done. Yeah. It's <laughs> it a very perfect funny. representation yes. of all of us. Um, the kid, the boys, my boys love her book. Um, nobody likes a fart. Yes. I think you gave it to them. I think I did. Yeah. And oh. um, 
uh, my son went to daycare. It was dress up day, book character day, mm. and he went to um, he went to uh, daycare as a fart. <laughs> Mate, and we did the, be so the big character <laughs> in like a cardboard with a face and he walked around so proudly. That is so yeah. good. I think if you were the, the educators, maybe you were a little bit like, you know, I don't know, put off. Do you have a picture of that? I yeah, 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 I'll show you. Yeah. Yes. yeah, it's so funny. That is fantastic. Yeah. And now we've been reading it and the, um, what did you have for breakfast, bro? Was it 20 farts and get your butt breath out of my face? <laughs> they just walk around with butt, butt and fart jokes. So, yeah, they love it. That's good. How sweet. Zoe, Zoe's her name. Zoe, Zoe. Foster, Blake. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. She also has a really good skincare rate, she um, range, which is completely irrelevant, but it's good. That's fine. I'll check it out. <laughs> For these parts you here should. on my cheeks. I was going to say, I'm really worried about your T-zone. There's actually some guys. There is. Okay. There you go. Uh, we always finish our podcast with one question that we spring on you. Oh, we do. Um, it is, if there's new... People I'm excited. Come, I'm excited because I'm you're asking, asking the question. Yeah. <laughs> um, if there's people coming into the field for the first time, or they're starting out working in sort of community services and what have you, um, what piece of advice would you offer them? Oh, that's a tricky one. Don't expect to do it for the money. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think we all know that. Um, but I think that ultimately it. It does. It, that ends up not being a factor. Mm. Um, so, so if you're worried about that, or I think it just over the the rewards you get from this kind of work takes over um, that want to sort of be earning a lot of money out of a career. Yeah, I, I really strongly believe that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's it, it's taught me that a rewarding job is everything. <laughs> when you feel like you go to work every day, and it doesn't matter if it's a really difficult day or or, or that your work has been hard, if it's been if it's made some kind of difference and it's been rewarding, you can and really rewarding to another person, um, that that ultimately means everything. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us. I've really enjoyed it. This has Thanks. been a lovely chat. It has been a lovely chat. Yeah, first and probably last family podcast as well. I would think. I thought we were going to get your mum on though. <laughs> Oh, all right, how's this? My mum will come on if your dad comes on. Oh, Jesus. Why don't you get them on together? Oh, that could be funny. <laughs> We'd be here for fucking hours. Yeah. But it would be funny yes. nonetheless. It would be funny. It would be long, though, I would presume, Josh. Yes, oh, so. My dad calls me sometimes, just as a quick side note, and I'll be like, what are you doing? And he's doing something else, but it's like he just wants company. Yeah. I'm like, Dad, he's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm just like, uh, making a cuppa. I'm like... <laughs> Are you going to talk to me or not? And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry, you just got distracted. Um, so we would, he would be on the worst tangent telling the, all of the ultimate dad jokes. Could be it fun. Could be fun. Could be. Could be very fun. Never yeah. know until we try. We don't have to put it out if it's no good. Yeah. <laughs> just, just tell pretend. them you just send it to yeah. them. <laughs> he wouldn't be able to find it on the internet anyway. It would be perfect. Uh, that's funny. All right. Thanks, Thanks Jill. Guys. Thanks, guys, for having me. Thank no worries. You. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of Knowledge on Tick. Please like and share the podcast, invite your friends and colleagues into the group and get in touch if there are any guest speakers you'd like to hear from or any topics you'd like covered. Take care and enjoy your week.